0: It's time to take the quiz. 5 questions, 5 minutes a day, 5 days a week.
1: Take the quiz
2: every weekday at the quiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course listen to the quiz at the quiz.fox.
3: From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade.
4: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show, one 408 7669 So glad you're here. Uh, general Keith Kellogg, also here, the lieutenant general, Fox News contributor, a uh, uh, member of the uh, Trump administration, will be joining us to put in perspective the magnitude of these leaks. Bottom of the hour, Pete Hegseth will be here uh, in studio. It's time in Afghanistan. We have a lot to discuss in terms of security clearance and everything else. So, um, meanwhile, the President of the United States, wasting more time on his family vacation, is delivering marks at a church, then he's going to go to some t- small town where he might have a relative. Unbelievable that he's President of the United States and has been lost in Ireland for four days. Let's get to the big three.
3: Now, with the stories you need to know,
5: it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Here's the reality. I mean, she. I have a lot of respect for Senator Feinstein. She's unable to fulfill her duties. And I guess I I don't know any other job where if you're unable to fulfill your duties, you can continue to have the position.
4: Right. Ro Kohana weighing in fellow Democrat. Call it quits. Is it time for Senator Feinstein, Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden just to bow out?
6: There's pressure everywhere for them to do just that. Number two, but I think come 2024, uh, our party is going to choose of the right standard bearer to meet this moment to strengthen America at home uh, and abroad. Mike Pence, short time ago, pulling away despite his unrelenting
4: legal challenges. Donald Trump leads a growing list of Republicans in the primary. Are the big guns like DeSantis, Pence, Pompeo, Sanunu, waiting too long to get in? Is it already
1: too late? We'll examine. Number one. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information.
4: That's the electrifying Merrick Garland. Unexplainable, but I will try. How a 21-year-old National Guardsman can gain and leak the most highly classified intel uh, possibly our country has to withhold. Our reputation globally has suffered again. Will Jack Teixeira actually get the life in prison he deserves? We're going to look at the fallout and what led to his arrest. So uh, let's bring in uh, Lieutenant General Kellogg. Lieutenant General, what we know right now is this guy, uh, this National Guardsman located in Camp Cod, um, Otis Military Base, uh, formed a chat room. Uh, Thug Shaker Central decides to show off by displaying and revealing all this intelligence information and told the 20 guys, keep this to yourselves. And believe it or not, General, they didn't. Are you surprised by all of this?
7: Yeah, Brian. Well, first of all, Brian, thanks for having me. Look, it's really not understandable. I mean, I'm just, you know, I think like most of us out there, we're just stunned by it. And I think there's a lot of things that, that they have to look at it initially, what actually happened. One, there's a real access control issue. There's too many clearances. When you have 5,000 people like him who had access to top-secret documents like that and were able to extract that information and send it out over uh, in, in a chat room, it is stunning to me. And part of that I actually believe, Brian, we've got a cultural issue that this is okay. It's okay to do stuff like it. No, it's not, but it's compounded by a president who said when he was asked a question just yesterday – about the leaks. He said, well, there was nothing of consequence. Well, that's insane. And of course there were things of of consequence because it was damage to sources and methods and also allows our adversaries to change the way they operate. And this guy needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent possible. And we have to ensure people recognize that that kind of behavior is absolutely unacceptable. It creates enormous distrust among our allies and and basically they're saying like the same thing you're saying and I'm saying who's really in charge and I don't think anybody's in charge for this to happen it's it's just stunning that this got away from us and they need to sit down and really have and I don't mean they mean the the administration because I don't think they can police themselves this is something they need to turn and I don't even mean the FBI this is something that Congress needs to investigate and said, how did this happen? And bring everybody in there, to include the intelligence agencies and the administration, and put them on record and say, how did this happen? How do we solve it? How does it make sure it doesn't happen again? Because my concern is with their attitude right now, it's going to happen again.
4: No kidding. Uh, remember uh, that, uh, that uh, Manning – uh, I guess Chelsea Manning. It's hard to know when she stole the if she was a man when she stole the documents and a woman when she paid the price. But she was pardoned by President Obama and was ungrateful about it. Edward Snowden's living a good life over in Russia. He feels like he's a hero. So uh, what's the big deal? This person says, "I didn't intend. I'm a patriot. I just wanted to show off of my friends." It seems. So yes. this guy's this guy's title, I, I find it a little bizarre. He's a cyber transport systems journeyman. He needed a higher clearance because he was responsible for network protections, and he did have the lowest Air Force rank of enlisting groups. So he was maintenancing the communication channels, so he needed to know what came through it.
7: Yeah, you know, Brian, part of the problem you're running into is when they do these clearances, and this is what I'm talking about access control. The amount of clearances. Most of these clearances now are granted by civilian contractors of corporations that go out and actually do this access control and who should be allowed to have it. And they don't do a great job. I actually was at the company uh, years ago that ha- that had one of their units do this. You know, when I was vetted, when you're in the White House, you're vetted by the FBI. They do a, when they do a background check on you, they really do it. But so we're letting a lot of people through the gaps out there, just let them through. And, and that's what I'm talking about. Having too many people, and how you cure that partially is you put guys like this in the supermax. You know, you just basically say, <clears throat> if you do something like this, we are going to put you away for the rest of your lives. Period. And you actually have to put fear into people. But they also we have to have change the attitude, like the president is nothing of consequence. We have to make sure people understand the damage they're causing out there because most of these. Young know, men or women who are this young don't understand the consequences of their actions. What's happening overseas and the, our adversaries are just looking at jobs, and he's you know they've embarrassed the United States on multiple fronts. So this is one of those. Yeah, you're right. It's a long-term fix, meaning long-term meaning I don't mean ten years, five years, but it's like a year, year and a half. They're going to get this thing fixed, but they've got to do a complete review of this and basically maybe they need to start just withdrawing clearances in mass. Just say we don't need five thousand we're going to withdraw, you know, 4,500 of these right now and just pull the clearances away from everybody.
4: So, General, uh, we got issues on the state of the war, casualties uh, before they changed it. The Russians have about 200,000 casualties, uh, many dead, uh, the Ukrainians slightly less. Uh, they do need more missile defense rockets in order to shoot these things out of the sky. They've got. They've really suffered a lot of their infrastructure damage, uh, and they expect – a spring surge on the Ukrainian side, but we gave away the battle plan, so they got to change it somewhat. What is the state of the war? What are they telling us, or what do you think it is?
7: Yeah, you know, Brian, that's a great question, because I've said this repeatedly. Look, we've given them kind of lip service. I mean, we've given them a lot of kit, but we haven't given them everything they need. But let me just give one example. Okay, we, we're, we're beating our chest and saying, oh, this is really good. We gave them 31 Abrams tanks. That's battalion. They need brigades of tanks to do this. You know, know, the Germans gave them the leopards of a battalion's worth and the Brits of a battalion's worth as well. And here's how they can fix this really quickly. I've said this, by the way, in Senate testimony. I said there's there's a preposition stock in Germany called APS-2, Army prepositioned Stock 2. And it's got brigade sets of equipment. It was there designed to defeat the Soviets and the Russian army and that so the american troops can fall in there. is it ours just give the, yeah just give it to the ukrainians just say look this stuff is sitting in germany it's been maintained just turn it over to the ukrainians give them this full kit so they can fight the russians but what they're doing right now by not giving them the equipment they need you're going into a long-range st- stalemate of a, uh, an endless war and this is not going to win well for the ukrainians or us and the only way that P- putin understands strength and the only way you're going to get putin's attention If you can help the Ukrainians defeat his army in the field in Ukraine, and then Biden picks up the phone, which he has not done, Brian, and he tells Putin very clearly, look, you've got two options. You're either going to lose your army in the field or you're going to take it home to Russia. One of the two, that's your choice. You get to make it. But by not doing that, and all the the money we've given them, which is 75 percent of the the money and equipment comes out of the United States – all we're doing is going into an endless war that's going to end up in a stalemate with a lot of people dying. And people are dying over there. You know, I, I am. when I was over in Ukraine a couple of months ago, they were very clear on what they've lost. They've lost about their Ukrainians, about 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers killed. And they believe 150 to 200,000 Russian soldiers killed. And cities are being destroyed. When you look at Mariupol and other cities and you look at the, the population that's being moved – One-third of the population has now left the country of Ukraine, is sitting in Poland or Hungary or Czechoslovakia. This is something that – this is a fault of our own because this administration has not come up with a plan, and they have not told the American people what the plan is. How does this war end? I know. How do we get there?
4: And and why does it matter? And why does it matter? And if you do lose and if we do lose and NATO does lose, uh, the the PR and the the landmass – And the money we're going to have to spend to fortify NATO because it's going to take a few years to recalibrate and they're going to look to expand again uh, will be unquantifiable. You need a leader and leaders explaining this on a regular basis and not painting Ukraine as this awful country and Russia as being mischaracterized, which so many people are doing. So many people in America think the Russians are the good guys. And to me, I find that very concerning. Lastly, Uh, What's happening now with China and the development of their hypersonic missiles, which will go even further than we thought, which is going to push our aircraft carriers even further, that's been exposed now. Where are we at in planning to possibly fight China? Are you convinced we're ready?
7: No, I'm not, Brian. And and you bring up a good point because I know economically doing things, diplomatically, China's doing things. But militarily, when you look what they're doing, they're building up their ICBM fleet, which is pretty good. Oh, by the way, they flew a balloon over the United States, which extracted an enormous amount of information and sent it back to China. But when you look at the defenses they're doing, they're building a third aircraft carrier. That means the only nation that's got more active aircraft carriers in the world is the United States. And they're doing that so they can fortify the Western Pacific out there. When you talk about their their hypersonic missiles, the DF-17 and and the DF-19 missiles, these are missiles that go between 1,000 and 1,600 miles. They travel at Mach 7, figure 2 miles a second. And we have no defenses, so they're pushing us out of the Western Pacific. They know exactly what they're doing. And and we just sit there and kind of say, well, we've got at least one carrier up there uh, in Japan as part of the 7th Fleet. You need to figure out how we're going to. You know how are we going to combat China Look, in the end of World War two we had the Truman Doctrine, which was containment of the Soviet Union. I challenge people, tell me what our policy our plan is to to address china nobody can tell me that b why because we don't have one and we need to address that but not only militarily but economically and the, mm-hmm. di- diplomatically look what just happened in our hemisphere with honduras who just you know basically decided not to recognize taiwan anymore that means taiwan's down to 13 nations that recognize them as an independent country this is they're just moving uh, people nations away from us they're isolating taiwan both military, economically, and diplomatically. And I don't think we're ready to handle this, primarily because the leadership isn't paying attention Gun. to
4: it. It's a zombie presidency, General. No one, yep. would, whatever you want to say about Trump, everybody knew who was in charge, right? You knew exactly. <laughs> he'll take questions all day long. We have a president in a country that's not, I'm Irish, it's a non-consequential country for what's going on right now, taking a four-day, which seems to be a family holiday, refusing to take questions from the press, address even, have an emergency meeting, he seems totally out of it. And anybody looking might say, this is the chance to take on on America, and I'm getting that sense right now. It's uh, very frustrating. General Kellogg, thanks so much.
7: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me today.
4: You got it. one 408 7669 What do you think uh, about the leaker? I'll give you more details when we come back. Also, what do you think? Is Ron DeSantis waiting too long? Is Tim Scott waiting too long? Is Mike Pence waiting too long? Christy Noem waiting too long? Is Donald Trump pulling away, never to be caught, despite his legal hurdles? I want to get your opinion. Brian Me Show.
3: Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show.
0: Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.
3: He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
6: It's early in this process. I do think we'll have better choices. I think nobody could have defeated uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016 other than Donald Trump. But I think come 2024... Uh, our party's going to choose a, the right standard bearer to meet this moment, to strengthen America at home uh, and abroad. But I, I just trust Republican primary voters. I trust the American people to choose the right leadership for America. They've done it again and again. I'm confident we'll do it again in 2024.
4: And uh, Mike Pence is making it clear he's going to run. He's probably going to get in uh, in June, they say. But a lot of people are looking at the lead that Donald Trump has, the momentum he has, believe it or not, after his indictment and saying, He might be too tough to beat. Is that true? Or is it too early? A lot of people weighing in that Ron DeSantis, he's got some big donors buying him lots of money. Two major super PACs, one run by Ken Cuccinelli. And they're saying, hey, you're just taking hits from Donald Trump who rolled out another anti-DeSantis ads. He is ignoring the rest of the field. But yesterday, Ron DeSantis signed a bill that was given to him from the supermajority Republican House in Florida that would drop the Abortion ban to six weeks. Now, that's pro-lifers love it, but independents and undecideds don't. Will that be trouble? Here is here is um, what they're saying. The Florida governor came out and uh, and said about the six-week ban that he thinks it's a good move. They also have exceptions for rape and incest, which I think is necessary. He tweeted this out there Ron DeSantis. I signed the Heartbeat Protection Bill, which expands the pro-life protections and devotes resources to help young mothers and families. But Ron DeSantis has lost some nominate, uh, some fellow lawmakers that he used to work with in Florida. And the biggest one, Anna Paulina, Matt Gates, not a surprise. Corey Mills, a veteran you th- thought might side with Ron DeSantis but didn't. Byron Donalds was a big surprise. They say the, the DeSantis team reached out. The six of the Florida lawmakers and asked them to wait. So clearly, he's running, but is he waiting too long? Here's Mike Pence, cut twenty.
6: I think there is
4: a, the need for some kind of threshold that says we're going to limit
6: access to abortions for no more than X number of weeks. Because we continue to see the rise of the far radical left wanting abortions up until the,
4: the day of birth. And so we cannot be a country aligned with North Korea and China when it comes to what we hope to be a culture of life. Unfortunately, when we hear the hear the left talk about this issue. It's not a culture of life.
7: 20 weeks is what you would agree
0: to? Well, man,
8: I, at least 20 weeks. I mean, there's, there's no question that I the 15 weeks, there's a lot of reasons for us to understand that divide, though.
4: Yeah, so that was Tim Scott. He has an exploratory committee. He's probably two weeks away, in my opinion, of saying I'm officially in. He's getting his money together. He feels as though he could fight and win without going directly at Trump. I'm not sure that that's going to work. And I'm not sure anybody has the answer, by the way. So Ron DeSantis is uh, focused on book tour remarks and doing book tour events. He's going to be heading to D.C. in um, on April 18th for a meet and greet with Republican Um, uh, with different Republican higher-ups, stirring some more 2024 rumblings. Uh, DeSantis will meet with Congressman Mike Gallagher, as talented as anybody in Washington, Congressman uh, Darren LaHood, as well as Congressman Randy Fenstra, who hails from the first interstate caucus over in Iowa. I know, too, that DeSantis is extremely close with the Iowa governor. Now, yesterday, Donald Trump, for eight hours, was grilled about his business. And he came out and said he felt great about it. And he also had used his Truth Social account to rip the attorney general. He said, why did you give out the time in which I was showing up? The minute you tweeted that out ahead of time, 930 in the morning, you made life extremely difficult for the NYPD, who are coordinated with the Secret Service. So I can't imagine what it was like for seven hours. Last time, he said, took the fifth 400 times. I don't think he's taking the fifth this time. So we'll see what answers he gave. It's always dangerous, even if you're 100% innocent, to sit down for seven hours with a lawyer who's trying to trap you, by the way. Brian Kilmeade Show. Pete up next.
3: Information you want. Truth you demand. This
0: is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
6: How did this happen, and isn't this a massive security breach? Uh,
0: Again, we need to allow the investigation to run its course. We'll, of course, know more uh, when that is completed, so I'd I'd refer you to to DOJ on that.
6: You put into context the damage that has been done by this leak?
0: Again, right now, we're continuing to assess the scope and the impact, um, and, and so that's work that will be ongoing.
4: I could not – he might be a good guy, but he's a terrible spokesperson, General uh, – Brigadier General Pat Ryder. I get it. You're supposed to spin when you're a press secretary, whether it's the Pentagon or the White House, State Department. But the, you could actually show some passion. I cannot believe since this top-secret intelligence would be out and about, it's embarrassed us with allies and enemies, and the trust level has just dropped through uh, through the floor. And we've got to get to the bottom of this, and we've got to fix that. What is wrong with saying something like that, Pete Hegseth? Fox and Friends Weekend co-host, no tie, author of Battle for the American Mind?
0: Uh, There's nothing wrong with saying that. Um, The problem is the depth of mistrust that your listeners, that our viewers, that average Americans across the country have for government institutions. How do they know what to believe these days? How do they know, know who to trust? What is real information? What is being spun by authorities? This guy's house gets raided with you know, by, by a SWAT team. He's a 21 year old National Guardsman, shared information. Yet, in other circumstances and other cases, there's no action taken. Right. We we don't know where's the manifesto of the Nashville trans shooter? Where's the Dobbs leaker out of the Supreme Court? I don't want to tell you what to do on the weekend, but wouldn't it be great for you just to
4: call the Nashville Police Department and just on the air and just say, I'd just like to see the manifesto? We
0: should. We should. I you mean, should. these are the types of things we can't let go. Right. Yet, now we're. I agree with you. Obviously, this is a serious breach. Obviously, this kid is dumb and had a desire to be liked by other kids in a chat room. Foolish. He'll be punished for it. But... but the way we whip our – I mean the bigger revelation to me in this was what we learned from these documents that are leaked, which is that we're not getting the full story or a clear story about what's happening, that we do have an understanding of how much we're driving our enemies into, in, into the – driving former allies into the hands of our enemies. I mean in Egypt, are they going to send weapons to China now because we've effectively – to Russia, excuse me, uh, because even though we spend how many billions in defense? Fifty. Fifty billion dollars we spend to support them. So it's revelations like that that, to me, are far more significant. I know 21-year-olds out there have security clearances way beyond probably what they should have. This is an IT guy who had that. Unfortunately, he crossed his oath and, and did the wrong thing with it. That's not the surprise to me. I mean, overclassification happens. Too much access happens. Mm-hmm. Humanity happens. Um, to me, it's the f- the lack of faith in government right now, which which is – only getting worse. You would
4: only know because you're in the military. But I would say this if you're a twenty one year old, you might say to yourself, yeah, I shouldn't have put I shouldn't have taken this home. I got this caught up in my papers, as opposed to I'm with a bunch of teenagers who I have never met, a chat room which I created, and I'm going to impress them with military intelligence they never should see, and ask them to promise not to let it elsewhere. Who's training this guy? I mean, I don't. I'm not caught up. People are writing me saying twenty-one year olds are asked to go to battle. Why? I'm not fixating on the number. I just would want someone to prove themselves. How do you prove yourselves at a young age that you can be trusted? I mean, you would do it in sports all the time. I'm not going to give you the ball until you prove to me you got the playbook down. How are you going to act under pressure? I'm going to train you.
0: Who trained this guy? I mean, this is the, he got the same training anyone else in the military would have gotten. Uh, This is – remember, this is a giant bureaucracy that runs by protocol and procedure. So if he passes certain bars, low as they may be, at whatever age, the next door opens. And if he's got no flags in his background and swore allegiance to the Constitution and put the uniform on, the next door opens. And then his job requires access to certain things, the next door opens, and he gets the briefings. about. But there's no deeper – insight into someone's background than really that here's the other scary part too we're missing our recruiting goals you know this i mean massively in the army and across so what do we do when we miss our recruiting goals we lower the standards so you get more people with questionable backgrounds accessing even more information which in a world where information spreads much more quickly on a private video game chat room uh this could be much further and wider than we even know uh but this, this guy's the latest revelation. Yeah,
4: and I just think the, that it's pretty devastating to know that we were listening in on the Russians. We were listening in on a meeting that had Vladimir Putin, the head of the Wagner group, and the head of the FSB arguing, and he was personally refereeing it. You think about how great our signals intelligence is. We're in that room. Do you think we're still in that room? Uh,
2: probably
4: they're not. They're not in that room. No. All uh, right, so they're not having these conversations. So that to me is devastating. I mean to think that number one, Egypt, we caught him. We caught him trying to sell arms yep. to Russia when he told us it's the opposite. Now you embarrass them because you expose the fact that you embarrass him. Hey guys, I know what you're doing behind the scenes. Do You realize what we're giving you? Do why are you
0: siding with Russia? What what would possibly be in your mind? The UAE. Well, you know what's in their mind, right? They they have a food shortage. They need grain. Where does their grain come from? Ukraine. Who can block that grain? Russia. But they've so worked at a deal says, already. Fair enough. But I mean this is this is real deal real politique on the world stage, and Joe Biden is in Ireland saying that climate change is the single greatest threat that we face in the world. I mean, we're asleep at the wheel. We we're, are zombie presidency. Zombie presidency, zombie American leadership. When you're yelling about an issue and making it the most important issue in a bargaining table, and your enemies are willing to give away that issue and say words but not do anything about it, you're persona non grata. You're not playing global politics for American interests, which is what a president should be doing, and he's on a family reunion tour. How he's getting a pass on
4: this. I mean, where's the pride in the press? You are going there for a seven-hour trip to stay there for seven days, come back seven hours, and you produce nothing, no news. You know you're missing the story. And look, everybody loves to go to Ireland. It's picturesque. But I, when you work, you work. I have no interest in go to the best place in the world. If I'm working, I want to do something. But do something of consequence. He's not working. I mean, no, I is, know, I know. And the you, press has nothing to do. Henceforth, so they're sitting around. The, every organization is paying this money. They they produce nothing. One question. I don't consider this none of the intelligence contemporaneous. I don't consider it a big problem. And that right there shows your. If if Trump had said that, oh. if Trump insisted on going to Ireland, staying there for five days, looking up his family, which I'm mostly he's mostly German, but I'm sure he has Irish roots, looking up his family doing this, they'd say, this is a guy that doesn't want to be president. They'd be out of their mind.
0: They Crazy. would be yelling 25th Amendment at the top Absolutely. of their lungs. Especially how he acted. And then if he acted the way Biden's acting, I mean, it would be – they're just – we know who they are. We know what they believe. We know what they're protecting. Uh, and, you know, you you stare out at a screen right now. You see Jen Psaki interview. And we know exactly how they're going to spin it on behalf of their team. I just looking forward to 2024. How did they how is this sustainable? How is he your candidate? I know. You look at the mental deterioration of just two years, the pressures of the presidency, what it does to people turn Barack Obama from a, you know, Brown-haired guy to a gray-haired guy in two and a half years. I mean, that's what it does to you—the stress. There's no doubt. And then add to it the confusion that he has. I mean, it's, it's got to be impossible. How do you, how do you run him? I think we're, we could be running headlong into a crisis where he has a Mitch McConnell-type moment, and then who's president? Is it Kamala Harris? Yeah, it's scaring uh, yeah. everybody. It scares everybody. Scare's out Sharpton. We're just one moment. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, he's She's right there, he's right there where Diane Feinstein is and and Mitch McConnell is, and no one wishes that upon him.
4: Allison, but what if it happens? He's stealing my whole weekend monologue. Do you realize that? It's very unfair. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my whole theme of my monologue, and you're running it into the ground. I mean, I't to this is that obvious? I was so proud of myself to come over this angle of knowing when to call say when, and the great leaders and the great athletes? Sometimes they know when it's over. Willie Mays at 42. I can't do what I used to do. Will, uh, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio. LBJ had another four years. No, he knew the public had moved on. Vietnam, civil rights. Nixon, I could keep fighting, but uh, and every instinct says fight, but it's better for the country for me to step aside. Yours is better. But Pete, Pete Hanks that stumbles into my theme that took me months to come up with. Well, I mean, great years. minds.
0: Great minds think alike. You yours to, is going to be better. This will right. sharpen yours. Iron sharpens iron. This is this Unless... Is- you realize what he could do, Allison. He could, I could do say this on, the weekend.
4: on Fox and Friends I could in beat the morning. You to it. That would be
0: devastating. I might have. I- <laughs> you better not. I'm. Gonna, <laughs> you better call and. Say- this has happened a few times in media where some you know you stumble on a great point and then you realize you're going to get a chance to say it before the person who said it for real. Ah. And the question is, do you cite your back your source or do you claim it as your own? And that might and be that might be the great compromise. The, Will you start it and go, Brian has more on this tonight? Brian has more on this. T- Are you with us tomorrow <laughs> yeah. to preview your show?
4: No, uh, you don't book me anymore in the in the mornings. That's another thing we got to get on top of. Eric, could you look into that? Because I, I get to a lot. Here's Dan Hoffman, uh, a CIA guy stationed in Moscow, on, on how this happened, Cut 11.
2: I don't understand, honestly, how a cyber transport systems journeyman, that's his official title in the military, in the Air Force, uh, in the Air Force Guard, how that enables him to see super top-secret intelligence on Mossad, uh, on Egypt, on uh, the Massad. war in Ukraine to the extent that he did. I mean, it, it just begs the question whether he was gaining access himself in places he shouldn't have been, like the way that uh, Bradley Chelsea Manning did or, or Snowden, or whether he had accomplices.
4: Yeah, it's hard to know what gender you are when she, he stole the documents. He was Bradley when he stole the documents, Chelsea when he got
0: uh, pardoned. He's Bradley. Uh, you know what it is? I mean, think about the IT guys here at Fox. They could re- read every one of your emails if they wanted to, right? Absolutely. They could read every one of mine. They could get into our computers, into our systems. So th- that doesn't mean they're involved in our shows, but they could. So if he really is an I – don't, I don't know that title, but an IT specialist in a unit – then he's got access. But, you know, they use the term journeyman. Have you ever heard that? I've it, never heard journeyman. That it's actually in written in everywhere. That must be an it's Air Force thing. Like, you know what they say in sports?
4: If you're a journeyman, that means you're <laughs> totally expendable.
0: First one to be cut. I think what it means is you, you, are, you can be deployed or traveled oh. to places to provide additional IT specialties, which might be why he gets even more access. But here's the, you know, the sports analogy you made about you know, Willie Mays and these guys. You know why they had to call it quits? Because they're judged by real metrics. So, hey, can you still hit? Can you still run? How fast can you run a 40 so that you can outrun guys as a running back? When you start to realize you're not at peak performance, you don't want to be judged by the lack of performance you'll have later in your career. So you retire. That doesn't apply to politics. Certainly doesn't apply to Joe Biden. When you can obfuscate and lie about what you're doing Mm. and cover it up, there's no real actual metrics other than Election Day. And they think they can, you know, cobble that together. Can you you add that
4: to the monologue, Brian? Uh, Allison, should I tell him the other element of the monologue? I have to. So the athlete thing, I got it. You say they have metrics. I I didn't run for 1,000 yards this year, 2,000 yards. All right. Look at entertainers. Seinfeld says, uh, I I have respect for the show. I'm getting out on top. Jackie Gleason, in an interview, said, why would you only do one episode of The Underwoods? He said, I knew I couldn't do it any better. And then you have uh, Johnny Carson. If he had more gas in the tank, now's the time. I feel as though I should leave. So he left audience, left riches. All these guys left money behind because they knew it was more than them, even though it's entertainment. More than them. It's about the country. It's about your team. It's about your company. uh, It's about the state.
0: But that's all about, in politics, the amount of ego. Take ego and maximize it by 10. And you were never cool. So now you can be cool because you're in politics and people know your name. That's I think we're – but you also have plenty of musical acts who hit their heyday in the 80s or 70s and Trying they're to get still touring yeah, because they're still able to fill some small venues and make a little bit of cash. There's always the right. flip side.
4: Don't ruin my monologue.
0: Just saying. I didn't even know
4: there was a flip side to it. I'm thinking <laughs> – you're thinking foreign. Aren't
0: like the – yeah, aren't the Rolling Stones still touring?
4: Right. But uh, but how about this? If they were touring and nine people were coming up, they go, guys, you got to know when. But when you tour <laughs> near the Rolling Stones and you're selling out the Meadowlands – then it's not time. That's true. I mean, then it's not. That's So, again, my, my theme survives.
0: It, we I, shall I, see. I
4: push back. It'll be must On the Ivy TV Leaguer. <laughs> oh, uh,
0: yeah. All right, listen. it must-see TV. We're going to find night. out what's
4: going to be on Fox & Friends this weekend because uh, much to the chagrin of Will and Rachel, Pete has final say. I do. I'm um, who's on the show. I'm going
0: to walk to the second floor, which is where Fox & Friends is located. And say who's in And talk that. to the producers right. and say in, out, in, out. That's it. So what's the top? You don't
4: even know their names.
0: No. Right. It's just a girl with red hair. Exactly. Boy with short hair. Boy or man. And then I take everyone on on the ping pong table. Right. Uh, that we now have on the floor and no one can beat me.
4: And all, like, uh, after 10 o'clock is when you start focusing on the pronouns, what they want to be called. Whatever right? they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever get an email from that? My pronouns are he, they.
0: Well, do you get the emails that they're included in the name now? you see that? Rarely, uh, yeah. It doesn't uh, go well. I don't need to expand on that, yeah. Back in a moment.
3: Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
8: At one point during his meeting with President Higgins, he actually had this to say. Hey,
5: I'm not going home.
7: I'm staying here. This, this is an incredible place.
6: And
8: 70% of Americans were like, okay.
0: So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go Lick the world. Let's get it done. Lick the world. Lick the world. Lick
4: the world. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Pete at is here said to host
0: his show uh, for eight hours this weekend, six to ten. What are you doing today? Uh, a bunch of shows. What are you doing? Doing uh, Gutfeld. Doing Outnumbered. Right. Doing Hannity, I think. <clears throat> and unfortunately, this is a point of contention for us, but I think I'm taping Bongino, bon too. I don't know. Every week he locked you up in the Before 70s. Before you
4: had a show. Like, in 1974, know, he locked you up. I know.
0: Right. I'm sad about it.
4: No, the thing is, um, I don't really want to book you anyway. <laughs> so, <it's, laughs> I mean, I'll pretend as if it matters. like I'd want you on the schedule. Damn, I'm, you're not on the rundown again. So the said deal still stands. Um, Busier no, than
0: Joe Biden, let's put it that way. Right. I mean, doing outnumbered. Doing outnumbered. Yeah, today. I'll tell you, this – how how do you – if you're an honest person on the other side, to your point, at what point do they start – or will the book be written – there will be a book written by a reporter intrepid someday saying – Of course we all knew, and we talked about it, and we tried to address it, and we tried to corral him, but there's nothing we could do. Who's the person pushing him forward and along? Is it really him? Is it his wife? Is it other political operatives? I don't know. And this is for people listening right now. It's nothing to do with his age. It's his
4: actions. Bernie Marcus of Home Depot. Bernie Sanders of Vermont. uh, You know, uh, Tom Brady is really old, right? Didn't he have to retire? He didn't have to, but he chose to. Right. So he's fine. He's thinking he would be a better president. So this president was actually asked a question. What are your what are your uh, advice for for success? Like, what is the key to success? And his answer was get a covid shot. And then eventually was I knew this guy named Jesse Helms. He's talking to Irish children.
0: That's his advice. Jesse Helms covid shot. So right there is it's the whole picture of that moment. So he's, he won't take questions from reporters, but he'll take a question from a kid. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the, Hunter had to help. That's what I was going to say. The kid says, what are the steps to success? So like a little confusing, but not confusing. You know what he's talking about. Hunter had to walk in and rephrase the question for Joe, to which Joe said, make sure you don't get COVID. That was the answer, followed by Jesse Helms. He didn't really like black people, but, you know. What yeah. are you, what is going on? Who's coming on
4: your show from 6 to 10 Saturday? I have no
0: idea. I think you do. I I don't. We're going to do. You don't know. Off the wall on this. I'm on the thing. wall. You're off. the. We're wall. off the wall. You're on it. Right. And then I'm going to figure out in 20 minutes what else we're doing. you your booking? You do everything. I unbook show. and book. Yeah. Well, thanks, Pete, I think. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll,
4: I'll
3: From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: From 48th and 6th in midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world, this is the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you've been with us all week long. Big hour coming your way, Geraldo standing by, uh, Dennis Ross. If you want to know what's going on in the Middle East, you want to know about what's at stake with the Abraham Accords, how reapproaching Iran uh, with this nuclear deal, sent the exact wrong message of weakness, what it does when we don't hit back, when we've attacked over 70 times uh, with our troops in Syria – Dennis Ross will put it in perspective, along with why the UAE seems to have trouble with loyalty, as well as Egypt. Dennis Ross, and, of course, your calls. Uh, We know the president of the United States is doing something really important today. Let me see. Hmm. Shortly, he is going to go with his motorcade to County Mayo uh, to see what could be a distant relative's house. Is that a guy that wants to be president or go on vacation with other senior citizens? Big three. Now, with the stories
5: you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Here's the reality. I mean, she. I have a lot of respect for Senator Feinstein. She's unable to fulfill her duties. And I guess I, I don't know any other job where if you're unable to fulfill your duties, you can continue to have the position.
4: Rokahana going for the jugular, calling it quits. It's time for Senator Feinstein, maybe Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden to call it quits. There's pressure everywhere for them to do just that. What about Senator Fetterman? Does anyone think he's up to the job?
2: Number two.
6: But I think come 2024, uh, our party's going to choose the right standard bearer to meet this moment, to strengthen America at home uh, and abroad. Mike Pence
4: weighing in, pulling away despite its unrelenting legal challenges. Donald Trump's lead grows on the Republican primary race. Are the big guns like DeSantis, Pence, Pompeo, and Sununu waiting too long to get in? Is it already too late? We'll examine all angles.
1: Number one. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information.
4: Motivational Speaker Merrick Garland uh, talking about the unexplainable, but I will try how a 21-year-old National Guards member can gain and leak the most highly classified intel in our country and damage our reputation again globally. We will suffer. We will pay the price. His name is Jack Tashira. Actually, he got, should he get life in prison? If it looks the way it sounds, yes. Geraldo Rivera, I'm not optimistic he'll get it. I mean, think about this: Bradley Manning got Chelsea Manning now got a pardon for doing the damage that uh, that they did. I guess they is the proper pronoun when you're a man and a woman. When you are a male, when you steal the documents, and a female when you're pardoned. Oh, uh, well, we're gonna go dilemma. over later.
9: That's, that's a dilemma. I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna weigh on, on the transitional yeah. pronoun.
4: It's. Uh... If you don't mind, you should get your call to your chief of staff and see if we can get some (laughs) help on that. And same with Snowden living a good life in Russia. Uh, What price did he pay? But this guy wasn't anti-American. He was just totally irresponsible if we are to believe what other people in his chat room said, Geraldo.
9: He's a schmuck. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it. Uh, you know, he he does not have the malevolence, Brian. He wasn't seeking to undermine the national security of the United States. Uh, he was in this hacker group, these thug shaker central hackers. Uh, you know, they uh, they they wanted to tell everybody to inform, to impress. Uh, you know, uh, the, the pro military, anti war. I mean, it was just uh, it's a, a a comedy of errors, and the system. I think. Really is the, I hate to be as vague as that, but the responsibility falls on a system that allows hundreds, hundreds of general officers, admirals, Navy uh, captains, uh, the colonels, uh, their aides to have access to this uh, very, very sensitive Material. I mean, why make it secret? If you make it top secret, make it top secret. You don't distribute it to thousands of people, including some bratty kids with uh, computer skills. I mean, it's uh, it's, Uh, it's Matthew Roberts in real
4: life. But I love with the perspective you brought on, Fox and Friends, I never thought about this, that we're siloed. Our intel agencies were so siloed they couldn't talk to each other to understand what was coming at us, that the bombing of the coal was going to lead to 9-11. And then we look back and go, how did we had signal? We had clues. Why didn't it happen? Well, we're going to talk to each other now. And now we talk to each other, and along the way there's knuckleheads like this 21-year-old who wants to impress fellow male teenagers with his leadership and access and his knowledge of guns and memes and decides to irresponsibly bring this stuff into a chat room and think it's not going to get out. I mean, people uh, who aren't didn't grow up with an iPhone in their palm – might fall into thinking that they have a private chat on social media, but not a 21-year-old. He knows it's never going to stay private.
9: Not only does he know it's never going to stay private, but when uh, he initially distributed it and it didn't catch fire, it didn't uh, you know, cause the, the prairie brush fire that he expected, he went back in and, and released more information uh, you know, to to nudge it, to get it going, to get it uh, to some people who were really active and went to some sites, some really sketchy sites that they were guaranteed that it would uh, that it would be published. Uh, you know, it's a, this is what happens. This is you know what happens when you have kids who, who are very skilled, very adapted uh, at hacking. Uh, and you have a system where there's not enough discrimination as to who gets access to this material. Uh, so if a secretary can get it, uh, then this kid, the sheriff, can get it. Then, uh, you know, the next thing you know, it'll be on telegraph and the Russians will get it. It's uh, I, I think it You know, you're going back quickly to 9-11 and that siloing. Uh, Nobody talked to anybody uh, pre-9-11. You had city, you had state, you had federal, various federal agencies, national security, you had uh, CIA, you had various agencies, all had... The snippets here there and everything if they had compiled them they could possibly have stopped the greatest tragedy yeah. uh, worst attack on american soil ever uh, but they, they so they they liberalized everything they made everything more open uh, communications freer but without dams without checks and balances without adults in the room supervising uh these kids uh, metaphorical and chronological it's uh it it, right. it is a tragedy. I I read it, though. I I only know what I read in the papers and, you know, in the various briefings. It does not seem as if anything really crucial. Uh, And when the Russians started, uh, you know, uh, altering it, to make their casualties less than they were cited in the documents, and the Ukrainian casualties greater than cited in the documents, when they started messing around with it, I think that that helped defuse it. Ironically, well, uh, when, when the Russians started, uh, uh, you know, toying with it, then there was no credibility with well, anything. Well, I'll, uh,
4: I, I think that this will might sober you up. If you read Josh Rogan today in the Washington Post, it turns out that they've. Uh, it looks like they have leaked out that we know that China has lengthened the distance on their hypersonic missiles, which means our aircraft carriers have to be such a distance away, it's going to, they're going to be ineffective against a Chinese offensive should they target us. Number two, they've stopped and altered the offensive the Ukrainians have because the initial plan was leaked out in detail. They also know that there's going to be an exhaustion on the rockets that go into missile defense. So therefore, there'll be a big benefit for Russians to flood the zone because by the end of the month, Our rockets to to knock them out of the sky will be lessened. Now, also, our allies, it turns out Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, the Mossad, according to reports that we have picked up, was helping foment the riots against Netanyahu and his changes to the judicial branch. That is not healthy as a fact, and that it's in the public square is really damaging and in reality is really concerning. So But it's really concerning,
9: Brian. Yeah. Just let me say this one thing. How do you know what's real now, though? That's my point. How do you know what's disinformation? How do you rely on we've got 18 divisions, uh, you know, at point X, and they're going to go off on Y date when it's really they have uh, 15 divisions at point A, and they're going to go on uh, December. You know, know, once stuff gets jumbled, once stuff gets altered, Uh, there's there's a low reliability. In terms of Netanyahu in that particular leak, I don't know that it's true. I hope it is true.
4: That the Mossad's working against their own government?
9: That the Mossad is understanding the political nature of the Netanyahu coalition and the destructive Mm -hmm. course they were on in terms of right, the but, but you, you never want the CIA
4: working against the White House, like, uh, and you don't want the Mossad working well, against. Uh, you don't know
9: what's real. You don't know what's real. And uh, <laughs> you, yes, of course, you don't. Right.
4: But, but uh, hey, I want to get another topic if I can. You see that Donald Trump has lengthened his lead in almost every poll by between 26 and 35 points over the only other guy in double figures consistently, and that is Ron DeSantis. Here's what Tom Bevan said last night about whether DeSantis is waiting too long. Cut 24.
2: I mean, the problem for Ron DeSantis. Listen. He's de facto a presidential candidate. I mean, he's been acting like a presidential candidate for the last few weeks. That's why Ron DeSantis supporters should be nervous, is that over that period of time, he's given speeches at the Reagan Library, he's been to Iowa, he's been all over the place, um, effectively running as a candidate. And during that time, his, his, uh, his, polling numbers he's gone from thirty percent down to twenty five percent Meanwhile, Trump has extended his lead from fifteen percent over to twenty seven percent so the problem is not necessarily Ron DeSantis has to say he's a presidential candidate and that's going to turn things around. The problem is he's out there right now, and everybody seems to be galvanizing to Trump. Obviously events have, have caused that to happen, but I mean I think that's the biggest worry for DeSantis folks right now is it should they be worried uh, Of course.
9: I think Trump is the probable nominee uh, absent some ex- external uh, event like a like a, – Three more a, indictments? Another indictment. <laughs> uh, There's going to be
4: more I indictments. It,
9: in terms of DeSantis, uh, all I see about DeSantis on my TV is ad after ad after ad, I guess paid for by Trump or Trump associates. Yep that said uh, DeSantis is not ready for uh, the big time. DeSantis uh, doesn't know what's uh, happening. DeSantis is naive. DeSantis is too small for the job. Uh, Relentless, it's as big as my pillow on our our channel sometimes, some of those ads. Uh, So I, I think that DeSantis has not really started running in an effective way. Uh, and I, I, I sort of, I sort of like him. I much, much, much prefer Chris Christie. I think Chris Christie would be a much more effective, uh, powerful Republican nominee, and I could, I could back mm. him with verb and uh, and vigor wow. because he's a I'm, real. I'm, adult I've always been a fighter. big fan
4: of Krug, the governor.
9: He's, a, great. he's a really a, a, a slugger. You see him on Bill Maher. He can handle himself with uh, uh, any kind of hostile crowd. I, I, I like him, and he makes DeSantis look like a schoolboy.
4: Well, well, yeah, I'm very curious to see them all out there. See, before you run, do you really want to waste any money? But he's, he's allowing President Trump to— to label him, to marketing against him. He's going to have to deal with that branding unless he gets back out there. And I think he's rolling out an ad today. He's got this pudding ad. Uh, it's kind of disgusting that you got to check this out. Uh, pudding? He, it, it shows him, uh, Ron DeSantis eating pudding with his fingers, airing on CNN right now oh, oh, oh. after a generic uh, Viagra spot. <laughs> it's crazy. It's
9: that's crazy it's that's perfect at least they don't have him in his little white boots with all that rain they've had in fort Lauderdale. Well,
4: exit question senator feinstein should she be stepping stepping aside should mitch McConnell step aside
9: well you know as a senior citizen myself i'll be 80 years old i hope you come to my birthday july 4th uh, in the hamptons uh i, I think about my Longevity. I think about my uh, astuteness. How long could I hold my ground against, uh, you know, in a debate with you or with Gutfeld or, you know, some of the other challenges with Hannity? Uh, you know, and it's something I think about. I mean, so far, I, I come to the conclusion uh, that I, uh, you know, I, I've still got a couple of miles to run. Of course run. you do. That the uh, that the horse, ain't but you're yet. taking your own account. But but I but I'm thinking ahead, and I, I with Diane Feinstein specifically. I and mean, she's such a wonderful lady, and she's been so effective over the years uh, representing California. Uh, but she's uh, you know she's aged. I mean, really, she's a, she's an old eighty-nine. Uh, uh, you know, it's a, the numbers don't lie at a at a certain point. Uh, even Warren Buffett. I mean, you gotta at, at some point you gotta you got to call it quits. And, and, and if she's unable to show up, because that's the weird thing about our Congress, you have to show up. You have <laughs> to be in D.C. Yes. Uh, and if she can't travel to D.C., it seems, you know, uh, it re- really begs the question, then what is it for? Uh, just, what is it just an ego trip? Is it going to be another Ruth Ginsburg for the Democrats? Uh, you know, so I I, I with Great love and esteem and respect. I I, I would advise her absolutely to take care of the great grandchildren.
4: Yeah, you got to do your job. You got to do what's best for the country, best for the team. No doubt about it. It was what's best for you it should take a backseat to what's better for your, better your state and your country. And and I think we've seen this over and over again for people. I mean, you don't think LBJ wanted to still be president? Of course he did. You yeah. Know, you know. You, you think that uh, Nixon wanted to quit? Of course he didn't. But they said, you know, what's better for the country? I can keep fighting this out, but it's not going to help the country. So. Not
9: going to help it, Not at all. You're yeah. right. Absolutely.
4: All right. Geraldo Rivera. Uh, Hi, buddy. Are uh, you going to have Bud Light at your party?
9: <laughs> That's a whole other topic. I was so <laughs> glad that Joe Rogan stepped up for Bud Light. I was so glad that he said, what he the hell do people care about this? What's this about? Oh, okay. To try to defuse that whole thing. I, uh,
4: yeah, it didn't work, though. It didn't uh,
9: defuse
4: it? No, it didn't. Well, Her- that
9: was Kid Rock assassinating uh, yes. 6 on a regular basis.
4: Right, it's true. <laughs> Geraldo Rivera, all over the transgender Bud Light story and everything else. <laughs> all over. i got to <laughs> have a Bud Light right now. <laughs> Go get him, Geraldo. All right, Brian. You got it
3: 1-866-408-7669. Want even more, Brian? Download the podcast at com. Every episode, exclusive interviews on demand. More of Killmead coming up. a talk show that's real this is the brian kilmeade show
8: this afternoon the fbi arrested a 21 year old massachusetts air national guardsman in connection with the leaking of classified documents that were posted online the leaker is described as a lonely young man who is part of a chat room group that shares a love of guns and military gear You know how sometimes, you know, you find yourself going, it's it's always who you'd least suspect, isn't it? This isn't one of those times. As a 21-year-old, he's he's devastated that this mistake may cost him his future, but he's also thrilled that he's posted something online and it totally went viral. Uh,
0: He's
4: posted Thug Shaker uh, control channel, central channel, and it was on Discord, and then it was between 20 guys, and for a while during the pandemic, they were all bored. He was the older one and according to this teenager that was in there he would provide some leadership and these guys are going through some rough times and he would help them out and show great compassion also would put up they love guns and love sports and love god big christian kid and then he would also say look what i do for a living look at what the country's really up to let me share some of this intelligence as long as you don't share it with anybody else and then being that they weren't reacting enough he stopped doing the laborious task of copying over longhand, he just started taking pictures of it, leaving when he took some pictures, some of the backdrop that showed Gorilla Glue and different items. So then they went over to the Instagram of when they started suspecting him of their of his sister. And his sister posted on Instagram some things with the same Gorilla Glue in the background, and they said, this is the guy. And as they're surveilling him, the New York Times knocked on the door. When the New York Times knocked on the door, the stepfather popped out, who was also in the military in the past, He said, well, what are you here for? Oh, really? He goes, I think my son's going to need a lawyer. A couple hours later, the son comes in. uh, He's wearing red shorts and a gray T-shirt, and now he's in prison. Brought down uh, by a big show of force, and man, he's done great damage. I'll talk about that more with Dennis Ross, what it means to the Middle East, and so much more. And then we'll squeeze in some calls in the back end. Don't forget, One Nation, coming up Saturday at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, only on the Fox News Channel.
6: A
3: radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: So they probably suspect we're spying on him, but they just don't like it to be publicized. And so there's going to be a lot of diplomatic cleanup on this one. And this is going to override other priorities. It's going to take a lot of the oxygen out of whatever other diplomatic priorities we might have with uh, with Egypt or with Turkey. These This is going to be the issue. It's going to be very difficult for Secretary Blinken. And I'm quite sure the intelligence community will be reporting on just how our foreign allies are seeing this. And then again, when it comes to our sources, uh, grave concern on their part. Can you protect me or not?
4: Find out the UAE is uh, a little duplicitous, kind of siding with Russia. We find out about Egypt on the slide trying to sell Russia arms. With us right now is Dennis Ross, uh William Davidson Distinguished Fellow at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy as much about the Middle East and beyond as anybody. Uh, Dennis, welcome back. Good to be with you. Dennis, how how damaging is this to our allies, put in perspective with the other major leaks? Well,
10: look, it obviously is damaging, and I'm glad you asked me it that way because I was in the Obama administration when we had WikiLeaks, Uh, and I can tell you that was a more dramatic and a more serious set of leaks than this because it basically was compiling all the private... Uh, cables that had come in, and basically conversations uh, that were being exposed. And I know it took us several months to overcome this. Uh, it it clearly was a preoccupation. I spent a fair amount of my time meeting with a number of our partners overseas, explaining what had happened, what we were going to do about it, uh, that it wasn't going to change our basic policy. Uh, we would safeguard secrets and so forth. You know, it, the, the, the reality is we're going to pay a price for it, it is not something we can't overcome. We will be able to overcome it, but it's going to be a distraction, and and it will be used against us by those who are competing with us.
4: And uh, so we're going to prove to be unreliable. China and Russia, and what about this? Israel's Mossad possibly helping support the protesters against the sitting government, Benjamin and Netanyahu.
0: Does, what like, about that?
10: All right, I was actually I just got back from Israel, and I was there. I actually had discussions with. Uh, all sorts of people, as you might imagine. This is a this was one of the things that that really reflects a lack of understanding on the part of those who were providing these reports. I can almost predict exactly what happened here. There were at the time uh, all sorts of news reports that uh, Mossad was somehow involved in the demonstrations. They were not. What was happening is you had former heads of the Mossad like Tamir Pardo who was speaking to the demonstrators. You had 18 former, former national security advisors in Israel signing a letter uh, to the prime minister urging a pause, a suspension of the legislative process, and a dialogue. And somehow these kind of public issues then got incorporated into a report that was under a classified heading. Just one thing to understand, Brian. In a lot of these, a lot of these reports are put into kind of a digest. Uh, and what happens is, you can have a classified heading, but then you can have unclassified paragraphs within within the same document. My best guess is what happened is some analysts probably put this, you know, wrote about what was happening in the public domain, and it got misinterpreted or overinterpreted. There's no way Mossad was playing a role uh, in these demonstrations. The demonstrations basically embody almost every segment of Israeli society. And so are there people who work for Mossad who in the demonstrations? Yes, but not at a political level
4: all right, so that was one thing. What about the u a e and and their allegiance to us they've they've always been double dealing right
10: they're they, look they they are an interesting they are they look they're a very important partners of the United
4: States for sure
10: we have you know, we have significant military assets and bases there, but the more they have become concerned about our reliability, the more they have hedged their bets so you know that they have a somewhat of a relationship with the Russians, I wouldn't exaggerate it because they see the Russians for what they are. What Russia has done in Ukraine has revealed more than anything else that it has a hollow military. They're not an impressive military force. The, the idea that you have to head your backs because Russia can somehow help you or, or can be a threat to you if you don't. I don't think that's there, but I do think we're seeing a larger reality. We are seeing countries in the Middle East right now decide, you know what? There are a number of powers internationally. Let's have a decent relationship with each of them.
4: So you tweeted something out, too, which I think was really important, and I pointed it out. And the fact that you did has much more credence. U.S. forces, you tweet out, have been targeted by Iran's proxy forces in Syria again. In response to 79 such attacks in the last two years, we responded carefully three times. Understandably, do we don't want escalation. The problem is our actions suggest we fear it. To deter this, Iran must fear it. So you're not, well, you know, you're not, Mr. Uh, you're not a warmonger. You're just the opposite. You, you do your best work with diplomacy. And you're saying you can't work diplomacy unless we start showing some muscle.
10: Uh, I couldn't put it better, Brian. Look, if you want diplomacy to work, it has to have a coercive element. If we want to affect the Iranians, first we want to stop the march of their nuclear program. And by the way, if we don't, we're going to end up uh, with a war there, because the Israelis will feel they have no choice but to strike it. So if you want to prevent a war, you've got to convince the Iranians they have to stop doing what they're doing. If they're attacking through their proxies us, they have to realize that that's very risky for them. When we react in a very limited way, in a very limited number, in a very contained way, the message we send to them is we're so concerned about escalation, that they don't have to worry. We want them to be concerned we're going to hit them hard and they should be fearing the escalation. If we want to deter them, you have to do that. If we want to affect them so that they decide diplomacy is in their Mm -hmm. interest, they have to see what they lose if they don't pursue a diplomatic path.
4: Were you as shocked as most people that Saudi Arabia and Iran were willing to talk to each other, uh, brokered by China? And what does it actually mean?
10: No, I was not. And the reason I was not is I have known for the last two years, and it hasn't been a secret, but I've known for the last two years, the Saudis and the Iranians have been talking to each other. I've known the Saudis who were in the, those those talks. They were very clear with me. For two years, they said the same thing, never varied it. They said, uh, we have made it clear that they want to resume relations. They want to reopen embassies. We've said to them, they control the Houthis. They help to bring that war to an end. We'll, re- we'll reestablish relations. After two years, the Iranians with the Chinese agreed to do that. Now, does it change the way the Saudis look at the, Ch- the Iranians? No. Do they think that Iran is fundamentally changing their fundamentally changing that their their strategic purpose? No. They continue to look at the Iranians as being a threat. But maybe they're buying a year or two of peace uh, from the Houthis, and and they don't trust the United States right now to be able to deter threats from Iran against them. So if you can buy a year or two of peace. You do that. I was not surprised.
4: So, the way the Saudis are uh, kind of sticking it to us is stunning to me. I know but President Obama ran as saying they're a pariah nation, right? He just yeah. ran on that. He becomes president and he decides to cut our output on fossil fuels. And then he tells them, critical of them for cutting their output, goes to visit, uh, and looked humiliating with the fist bump. And he came out with nothing tangible, and they're cutting production again. So from the Saudi perspective, they're getting used to dealing with China. They have no problem, seemingly doesn't have much of a problem for the short term with Iran, and they don't really have any use for America. To me, this seems correctable. Well,
10: it is correctable, but I also want to put it in perspective. The day after they did the deal brokered by the Chinese, they also went ahead and concluded a $36.7 billion deal with, with Boeing. And this was their way of saying, okay, we did this, but you still have a reason to have an important stake in us. They also then, two days after that, they released a joint Saudi-American citizen, joint, uh, joint citizen, uh, who, had, who they had put in jail because of critical tweets of, of, the, of the Saudis. Uh, and this was something we'd been raising with them for months, and all of a sudden they release him. So it's kind of, again, when I say hedge bets, it means many of the countries in the region right now decide, okay, we'll build relations with the Chinese, but we'll also maintain relations with the U.S. They don't trust China to come in and rescue them if they get in trouble. They still believe fundamentally they need the United States, but they're also signaling, look, don't expect us to do favors for you any longer unless you're going to be responsive to us as well.
4: So, yeah, I, I just think, uh, Dennis, after talking to you and people like you and talking to the players, all this stuff, I mean, the Abraham Accords is the most astounding thing to happen, especially for guys that study and live it and know the players they just started falling into place. Who would ever think these countries would recognize Israel's right and understand they're not a threat to them and reestablish relations? And to get to that point, and because it was a Republican president, Donald Trump, that was behind it, and to drop the ball there from people that just want peace in the Middle East, like yourself, do you find that frustrating?
10: Well, yeah, I, I think what the Abraham Accords represented was how much the region has changed. Uh, and what we're seeing right now is many of those Abraham Accord countries are also taking a step back. They're not going to break their relations with Israel, but they're more hesitant now, partly because the environment is more threatening, so they're going to be hesitant, partly because they have an Israeli government that has elements in it that are embarrassing them. You know, when Smotrich gets up and it says the Palestinians aren't a people, that puts the Emirates in a position, when they're asked the question, what do you think about that, it puts them in a very embarrassing position. You know, they made the deal with the Israelis because they see having a relationship with Israel is important to their interests. It doesn't mean that they are going to dismiss the Palestinian issue or forget it, but it does mean they're not making it a priority. What they don't want to do is be put in a position where they get embarrassed by those kinds of uh, public statements. So, you know, it's very much up, I think, to Prime Minister Netanyahu to do things that will reassure them that these kinds of statements are not going to be made. They don't represent the policy of the administration and, and to be sensitive to the concerns they have, not only some of the political needs that he may have.
4: So if we, the ramifications of us trying to get back into the Iranian deal and then basically giving us the Heisman, while that sent a message to the Saudis too, because one of the things that spurred the Abraham Accords was the fact that we were making a choice. We were saying those are the bad guys. And Saudi everybody goes, yeah, now you see it. And we made it clear and then, but now, when you go back into a deal that they were not for, and Israel was going to alter, they were going to take action that or, that or nuclear deal. Now, all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia has less of a reason to trust this administration, don't you think?
10: I think. Look, I think the major element here is they don't trust us to 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 basically deter the threats against them. Therefore, they feel the need on their own to make their own adjustments. And they've also gotten out are past the point of feeling that they should simply be responsive to us because we ask them to be. So I think we're, we're in a new reality there. It's not impossible to correct it, but we have to recognize we have a stake in these countries. We want them to be part of a broader coalition against the Russians and the Chinese. For that to be the case, we're also going to have to take into account their needs and interests as well and to, be, and to recreate an image of
4: reliability. And one thing we could do is say, hey, we're going to purchase some extra oil because we have depleted our strategic oil reserve, and we've got to want it right away. I mean, would that also affect the price and show a reciprocal action? It
10: would be a smart thing to do. it's in our interest to do it, uh, it would be a smart thing to do. Uh,
4: Dennis Ross, always great to talk to you. Best-selling author, Middle East expert, William Davidson, distinguished fellow. Thanks so much, Dennis.
10: Always a pleasure. Thank you, Brian.
4: You got it. one A lot to discuss. A few better people to talk to with a great perspective of the players than, than uh, Dennis Ross. So when we come back, I will take some of your calls. Keep in mind, too, it's only hours away. Uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. One Nation. Repeat it again at 11. We've got a great lineup coming to you I'll give you details when we return. Don't move.
3: Coming to you on a need-to-know basis. Because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
8: Last night, the Chicago Bulls played the Toronto Raptors, and DeMar DeRozan's nine-year-old daughter went viral... Due to her high pitched screams to distract the Raptors attempting free throws.
0: Here she is, here. And here's the voice you're hearing when Raptors shoot she's screaming. <laughs>
8: I mean, that is championship behavior. I love that. I do the same thing. My kids are sitting in the crowd at Seth Meyers' show right now. Now, I tell you what, her strategy worked. Watch this. Official visit to Florida State. Ask me,
7: what did you get on? really good for him right now. He's in a good... The total number of equality...
8: Yeah. The Bulls ended up winning by four points. If the Bulls win the championship, she should 100% get a ring. Uh, that is crazy, though. I mean, I would not... I, if
4: that was my kid, I would not be happy.
0: I wouldn't either. You would not want to encourage that, but if you're cheering for your team, I mean, people do it, right? I mean, you see all the different shenanigans that happen, like the, I know
4: people waving behind, the men in
0: speedos dancing. Have you seen that one?
4: No, really? Oh,
11: yeah, they were um, gyrating. That... Yeah, it was, I mean, it, and it threw off the guy shooting. <laughs> Thankfully, so it,
4: it did work. Okay, did. I mean, uh, that the high pitched screaming though—that's it just bothers you, but it it was effective. It worked, right? And they won. Right? Yeah, it was a playing game though. Yeah, but right. it's still all right. Uh, so listen, on a on a different note, we've played a lot of James Corden today. The, Eric, was that the only late night show you watched, or was it the only funny one?
0: It was. I pulled it. It was the only one I really went through. So I sort of have a cheat where I'll see like who plays the funnier jokes, and then I'll, l- I'll listen to his monologue. And he had a good amount to pull, right? Which was nice.
4: I mean, right now it is Gutfeld, Kimmel. Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert. Yeah. And when Trump was in office, it was Colbert. Yeah. And I, you know, then all of a sudden, Gutfeld was moving up, and then Kimmel was fourth. So he's moving up. I'm surprised he's moving up because he's still doing Trump stuff. I mean, he's still doing nonstop Trump stuff, which is, which is just insane. Uh, but I guess he signed for a few more years. Uh, we'll see. Um, okay, just uh, let me just go over what's going on. Is that the most exciting... Interview in the world, but he's certainly a powerful person. With all this stuff coming out, with Ukraine uh, having their war plan for their surge in the spring being let out for the Russians to look at sometime over the last six months, you have to wonder if the Ukrainians are angry and if they change their plan. Yesterday, on a special report, the Ukrainian prime minister was in town, uh, and he said this, not only about the plan, but about the state of the war. Cut 30. Now the
12: front line is is stabilized. Uh, Russians are attacking in some points. Uh, We are ready for this, and our uh, military forces very bravely protect our land. We uh, liberate more than 50% of our territories, which were uh, invaded and uh, occupied by Russians since 2402, and we will continue. We are very united with our partners, and I'm
7: sure we will win and liberate all of our territory.
4: And they're still saying Crimea. Ninety-seven percent of the people uh, say keep fighting. Seventy-four percent believe they'll come back and take all of Crimea. What they need to do, the Russians are moving in the east. What they need to do is get some major uh, land back. I mean, really push hard. And if they can do that, they're now uh, they occupy seventeen percent of the country. They were at twenty-five percent of the country. If they could get this together, get these tanks on time. And you heard what General Kellogg said. We have a fleet of tanks sitting in Germany just in case the Soviet Union invaded. We can go and channel them right there. And he knows he was just uh, at the White House working as a military advisor. And, And by the way, an advisor to President Trump, too. Trump loves him. Uh, to Vice President Pence at the time. He knows exactly what they have. He's also been on the ground in Ukraine, keeps going back and forth. I think he's hired as a contractor consultant. I think that's a great move, by the way. Uh, just like I think it's great for Douglas Murray, outstanding columnist, Fox News contributor also go on the ground in, the, in Ukraine. And he got a chance to see for himself how hard they're fighting, how much success they've had. But they can not fight more than a year or two. There's no, there'll be nothing left to the country. So get them what they need now. This, this slow pace of all these things is just agonizing. He's got the wrong guy in charge. They had to the cajole President Biden, according to these leaks, to call the South Korean leader and ask him to give him the armaments and ammo they needed. And it was the Polish leader that told, said, I'll talk to President Biden. And there's no word that he ever picked up the phone. If you can't get a president to pick up the phone, you got problems.
3: From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest-growing radio talk show, Brian Kilmeade.
4: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. I come to you from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world and, you know, I just keep hearing over and over again that my life would be so much easier if I just went to Grand Central Station when I had to go home instead of going all the way to Penn Station. I just fear getting there and having to wait for a train forever. But this is something I really could handle with my own personal staff. I shouldn't rather be talking on the radio. Uh, Shannon Bream's going to be standing by shortly. She is. Her people have told me to stand by. They give us a two minute warning when Shannon's ready uh, She because she doesn't want to come on early or late. Uh, It's much like the president of the United States. That's how important you are when you have a network show. And Jimmy uh, Jimmy failure is going to be working next door shortly and taking over for me in most markets. So it's very easy to book him. But he is not dressed. So we do not uh, even though a lot of times, even if he doesn't want to be, we stream on Fox Nation. So I have standards. So let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three, sponsored by Crunch Fitness. Interested in owning your own business in a growing $30 billion
5: industry? Check out Crunch Fitness at crunch.com. Number three. Here's the reality. I mean, she. I have a lot of respect for Senator Feinstein. She's unable to fulfill her duties, and I guess I, I don't know any other job where If you're unable to fulfill your duties, you can continue to have the position.
4: Yeah, Groh Kahana says, get out, Senator Feinstein. Enough for you. Mitch McConnell, should he be next? What about Joe Biden? Should he call it quits? There's pressure everywhere for them to go. What about Senator Fetterman? You know one person who's not happy
6: about the pressure from the left? Nancy Pelosi. Number two. But I think come 2024, uh, our party's going to choose the right standard bearer to meet this moment, to strengthen America at home uh, and abroad. Mike Pence on my show on Fox and Friends this morning, on
4: last night, pulling away. Despite his unrelenting legal challenges, Donald Trump's lead only grows in the Republican primary race. Are the big guns like DeSantis, Pence, Pompeo and Sununu waiting too long to get in? What an interesting question.
1: Number one. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information.
4: That is the electrifying Attorney General Merrick Garland. Unexplainable, but I will try. How a 21-year-old National Guardsman can gain and leak the most highly classified intel in our country in some circumstances and damage our reputation globally. Yes, we will suffer. And will Jack Te- Teixeira actually get the life in prison that he seems to deserve? We look at the fallout and what led to his arrest with Shannon Bream. Shannon, we've had a lot of fast-moving stories, different type stories, different challenges. This is an interesting one. We never foresaw this. That a 21-year-old uh, part player, uh, partial, uh, national guardsman get this type of access and have make the ridiculous judgment that he could go into a chat room over a year ago Tell everybody not to leak any of this information and think it's not going to get out.
11: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, no matter what your intentions are, if you want to share it with a small group, if you want to impress them, that's, those are the allegations. doesn't matter. The fact that you share them and somehow they you know, leak beyond that group and end up in the hand of the Russians, that's the whole point about why this has to be handled so carefully. And I think the question everybody keeps asking is, how does this 21-year-old sort of junior guy in the military have this level of access?
4: Sixty documents made public. Uh, some, the last 60 originated from the CIA operations, some to the Pentagon Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, Ukraine force strengths, what they need, what they don't need, their complaints, classified results of different battles. Daily intel reports that normally go to uh, Mark Milley, the CIA uh, to take on what the Mossad is up to in terms of would be the unrest inside Israel. I don't really think Israel's thrilled with us spying on their spies or, or if somehow finding a way to listen in on what they're saying, let alone the UAE, let alone the fact that Ukraine's got to change their battle plan because we let it get out to the Russians.
11: Yeah. And listen, I think we all know that we all of course spy on the bad guys out there, our enemies, but we do it on our allies too, and they do it to us. But it's not fun when it's out there in public and you gotta deal with this on the world stage, especially that this is such a junior guy. The rest of the world is looking at this and saying like this twenty one year old guy allegedly, you know, was able to upend some of the, you know, most protected classified information. Um, and I imagine there's probably there were probably some uncomfortable phone calls and back-and-forth conversations with people who are our allies and are swept up in this information. Um, so even though the president yesterday said, not worried about it, it's Ugh. older information, this is stuff that's only maybe a few weeks old, and the Pentagon feels differently about it than the president does.
4: Shannon, I know you pride yourself on your fair and balanced delivery, uh, yeah. and it's hard to see emotion, but to think the president could be over overseas doing really nothing for the country for five days meeting with a cursory meeting with the UK uh, prime minister, I don't even think he recognized and then walking around from church to see different bricks in the countryside and then making ridiculous statements to Irish children. When you have a, when you have a leaking scandal when you got an emboldened China, when you have unprecedented military exercise over Taiwan, responded by U.S. exercises along with the Philippines, with the Brazilian leader flying over to China and declaring they're looking to get off the dollar? How can you possibly not even have a press conference, a sit-down with your favorite outlet? Or or a TikToker with nose rings and purple hair. Something that makes it worth the time for news organizations to send people over there. I mean, this is, re- this is the biggest pass he's ever gotten.
11: He did also try to pet a dog that barked at him. Yeah. And dogs are I
4: had be a Bernese Mountain. Like they're Madden, they're the, the friendliest dogs. I've never seen one react <laughs> so like that.
11: Um, it's strange. But yeah, there's a lot of head scratching here in Washington. And it's not just by Republicans. People on the left, too, are saying like, what is he doing exactly over there with all of these other crises as you mentioned. I mean, if you're going to do a foreign policy trip, um, and he's done some important ones. I mean, Ukraine and others. Uh, this does not seem like the time to go on a, um, you know, tracing the family roots kind of situation. With all of those hot spots you mentioned, so uh, there is some consternation, and it's not just on the right here in D.C.
4: But the, And there is people saying, not thrilled with the fact that he came out and said it's not really that big of a deal. He right. said there's nothing contemporaneous about that information, and he moved on.
11: And this information is not like 10, 20, 50 years old. This is like 40-ish days. I mean, it's a matter of weeks. So I, I think to call it old, I think, was a surprise to some of us.
4: Wow, you are so diplomatic. You could be a press secretary.
11: You could. I could. I'm, I'm aiming for ambassador. I want it somewhere really good, though.
4: Uh, I guess so. I, now, I, I admire that because I'm much too emotional. <laughs> Italy
11: is like first on the list. Right. You got to be diplomatic, Brian.
4: Do you have a heavy bag at home where you get your real frustrations? Do you just talk to your husband about how you really feel?
11: Um, oh, yeah. Sheldon Breen gets an earful, unfortunately, the poor guy. Um, he soaks it up, and I go for runs. That really helps me. A little Def Leopard, and I'm good to go.
4: Oh, my goodness. You listen to classic rock?
11: Why? Who doesn't? People I know. Good taste. I'm done. Oh my gosh. We've what are you listening to already.
4: I will listen to new country.
11: Okay, I like but, that too. All
4: right. But I made a decision. I'm not looking back. Maybe I will. Okay, but
11: but I am if I really need to like a little eye of the tiger, a little something to get me going. You know, 80s works.
4: Eye of the tiger. Dun, Rocky III. Dun,
11: dun, dun. Yeah. All right. dun,
4: dun, dun. So Jillian Turner, full-time employee of ours, was able to work her sources and find out about how much
2: damage was done, cut six. Not only does he obviously have access to this material, but a senior DHS source today told me that it is likely that thousands, if not tens of thousands of other employees had Mm -hmm. access to the very same information on a daily basis as Teixeira did. Um, They've got to have what's called a internally inside the government. They call it the trifecta. In order to have access to certain classified information, you need to have security clearance. That's appropriate. You need to have signed a non-disclosure agreement. You also have to have what's called a need to know. You have to have a proven need to know what's in that intelligence in order to complete your duties. Tashara's need to know was that he needed to be able to transfer that intelligence around the different military systems. He's a mechanic.
4: He's not, he's mm-hmm. not using, we don't need his analysis. We need his ability to keep the lines of communication open throughout his base and other bases. While that's coming through, he's reading the, t- the ticker tape and going, wow, this is kind of interesting. I can't wait to go to bring this to my chat room, which mm-hmm. is nicknamed Thug Shaker Central Channel uh, on Discord, which was transferred to Wow Mao over to 4chan and Telegram. For this moment, if somebody was teaming, uh, tuning in, they actually thought I was conversant in the social media dark <laughs> web.
11: You read it con- convincingly, and I, when I heard Thug Shaker Central, thought that is the kind of group that Brian Kilmeade would be involved with.
4: <laughs> yes. If Just they, the if name they...
11: alone made me think he fit right in.
4: Right. Um, so and this is what other people have said. He's, it's not that he's not patriotic. He's a patriot. He loved right. guns. He loved uh, setting up memes. Uh, he was uh, patriotic. He was very, very religious, big time Christian. So unlike Edward Snowden, who said, "I don't like this policy," and um, and uh, Bradley Manning, who became somebody else, who decided, uh, "I don't like this policy. I'm going to go to jail for this." This guy's like, "I just want to be cool."
11: Yeah. And the thing is that's why the rules are the same. Intent doesn't matter because look at where we are now. And you know, I mean it's a good tale of caution for any other, you know, young guy in the military, young woman in the military who's out there thinking, Yeah, I'm gonna show my street cred with this and let them know what's going on if that's what happened. I mean, those are the allegations and um it doesn't matter what the motivation is, it can end up like this did in the Russians' hands and that's the whole point. But you gotta wonder how he didn't get it, I still feel like I'm not sure he gets the import of this whole thing because to share it so cavalierly, allegedly, I, oh. is confusing.
4: Wow. Thanks for adding allegedly there. I almost had to stop you.
11: Listen, that's the attorney in me. All of this is innocent until proven guilty, unlike Nancy Pelosi who says, you know, guilty until proven innocent. Right. Either way, it doesn't um, matter. I did go to law school and take the bar. So. Right.
4: And you passed. I did. So somebody else who passed is is Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, and now he's mm-hmm. under Sapphire. Evidently, this rich benefactor that happens to be his 20-year friend uh, bought his mom's house in the effort to maybe make it a library, and Mm -hmm. this would be a violation, it seems, of Supreme Court justice ethics. Defense learning and Supreme Court ethics reform advocate Danny Greenberg weighed in, cut 36.
1: It is, of course, totally shocking that a Supreme Court justice would do this. Probably the the first thing you learn in law school as a first year student is that the appearance of justice is as important as justice itself. So right off the bat that he's doing anything with an appearance. But the notion that he defends this as saying, maybe I should have reported it, but I, I didn't get advice to do that. It's not about reporting. It's about what he's doing.
4: What are your thoughts about how big this one will get?
11: Well, the thing is, there is no ethics canon for the Supreme Court. I mean, federal judges have that. There are disclosure and reporting rules that, you know, Justice Thomas has said, I followed the advice. I thought I was doing it right. I will, you know, continue to do that moving forward in the future as well. But this raises that question about should there be an ethics code for Supreme Court justices? Like, if there's an allegation of a conflict, only they can recuse themselves from a case. There's no way to force them off a case. They have a lot of deference because I guess to this point we have really trusted them. But it renews all these you know calls over on Capitol Hill, um, plenty of Democrats over there are saying they're going to demand that listen, they fund the judiciary, and if they want to get their funding that they're going to have to pass the code of ethics for the Supreme Court so interesting to see if there's any bipartisan move on that, um, but yeah, I mean, Justice Thomas, I would expect is going to have to issue another statement of some kind or you know explain exactly what this transaction was about,
4: mm. Well, I mean, do you like my explanation? I thought this was it. This benefactor bought his mom's house because they're going to make it a museum. Clarence Thomas. Well-
11: thing is I've heard that before. I mean, that's been publicly reported, so it's not new. And whether it now is being leveraged as something new and shocking, I mean, the tone of that um, epics guy was sort of like, I can't believe it. It's like that information's actually been out there. I've read it and heard it before that it was going to be something about a long-term legacy preservation thing, that it was sort of going to be about um, the library or, you know, that kind of situation. So, um, and maybe we didn't have the detail level that we have now, but I do Mm -hmm. think it's going to be something that, you know, folks, are going to want to know more about and hear yeah. from the justice about
4: i might as well say this uh, sean hannity is going to buy my childhood home and make it a library uh, i was can going to be a surprise that? Uh, is that going to be an ethic violation for talk show hosts
11: i mean can he afford it I, that's the thing yeah, i mean he is, hannity wasn't... does well but does he do, do buying kilmeade's childhood home well
4: oh, yeah which is a compound He <laughs> goes on and <laughs> I on i think
11: so that yeah. explains a lot you grew up on a compound
4: all right so shannon who's in your show <laughs>
11: Well, we've got uh, General Jack Keene to break down all this leak stuff awesome. and all of the foreign policy nightmares um, that are going on around the world. And also uh, we've got Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who is a very interesting voice within the GOP in that she says she's pro-life, but she thinks the GOP is really getting the abortion stuff wrong. They're not handling the issue well. And we've got uh, Congressman Ro Khanna as well, Democrat, who we have a lot to talk to him about, the AI stuff, the tech stuff. He's very well versed in that. I mean, that's um, Silicon Valley is where he represents, but also his comments on Diane Feinstein it's time for her to go. Um, Nancy Pelosi has called that sexist. Um, She wasn't referring to him directly, but it's going to be very interesting to see um, how he takes that criticism.
7: That is that's
4: going to be very interesting. I think I got
11: one more thing for you. Yeah, I almost forgot. Um, Senators Rounds and Gillibrand. So from either side of the hill, um, they do something very special together. And I thought, okay, people need to know where these guys are actually working together on something. So they agreed to sit down with us and tell us about it. So that's on Sunday, too.
4: Do they rebuild a? Is it a playground?
11: Uh, it is not, but I'll suggest that as their next next project. If you don't mind. Yeah, I will credit you.
4: All right, good. All right, so and who's on your panel?
11: Um, oh my gosh, Kaylee McEnany is on the panel. Also, former Congressman um, John Delaney, and I'm getting in trouble because right now I can't remember the other two.
4: Doesn't matter as long as you're there. Hold on, I'm happy. hold on.
11: Can you hold for two seconds? One, one thousand, two, one thousand. Oh, um, Josh Holmes is going to be with us, and also Mario Parker from Bloomberg News.
4: Wow, that's a big panel. It's almost too big. I think you'd have to cancel yeah. one.
11: Yeah. No, we're going to do two panels because we're going to give them plenty of time to talk. A lot of big personalities.
4: All right, including yours. Uh, look at you. Uh, he, she's working Sundays. But what do you want yeah. people to do on Saturday?
11: I want them to watch your show first, get prepped, get read in, be entertained, informed, and then take a nap and then come watch me on Sunday.
4: Go get him, Shannon Bream. Thanks so much. Bye. one 866 they are going to come back and take your calls. Uh, And keep in mind, we are Saturday, 8 o'clock, One Nation. Don't move.
3: Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
4: Hey, welcome back, everybody. one uh, 866 Mike, at WABC in New Jersey. Hey, Mike.
10: Hey, Brian. How you doing? I keep hearing these people talking about this guy, this well, he basically is a traitor who stole, you know, our information and is canning it out. If someone, you know, winds up murdered because of him, is he going to get charged by, with
3: such?
4: No. Uh, I, I think he's got, the question is, is going to be a military court-martial? Or is it going to be tried in a, in a civilian court? Uh, listen, I never would have let Manning out. I, never, I would have found a way to get, to get Snowden out. We could have stopped him in Hong Kong, remember? And, and the same thing with all these all these guys. They do tremendous damage to our country. But the subplot is, is this guy had no problem with our policy. He, this guy actually was in a situation where he had our most sensitive secrets and is on a chat room trying to impress teenagers. How can that be? If you're one of our allies, what are you thinking today? Exactly. Yep. I mean, uh, I I just think there should be more of, you know, a a strict
10: punishment for him. I'm sorry. Uh, This is a serious thing. I keep hearing people say he's only 21. I don't want to hear it no more. It is what it is.
4: I mean, look at how much damage they're doing in New York City with these teenagers. Most of these criminals are in their teens. This is just a white collar crime that's hurting us. Uh, immeasurably around the globe and we have a president that we can't get to leave Ireland Uh, the only country we don't have a problem with uh, that he hasn't screwed up relations with yet we don't know how it's being covered but he does not look too sharp if you know what I'm saying Jimmy Failure will be in here next and we'll be trying to squeeze some calls here don't move
3: That makes you think This is the Brian Kilmeade Show
8: this afternoon, the FBI arrested a 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman in connection with the leaking of classified documents that were posted online. The leaker is described as a lonely young man who is part of a chat room group that shares a love of guns and military gear. You know how sometimes, you know, you find yourself going, it's, it's always who you'd least suspect, isn't it? This isn't one of those times. <laughs> as a 21-year-old, he's, he's devastated that this mistake may cost him his future, but he's also thrilled that he's posted something online and it. It totally went
4: viral. That is uh, James Corden. Last night, uh, office monologue. Jimmy Fallon, barely smiling. Uh, Fox <laughs> across like America, and he's always happy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he's he's calling it quits. This guy's done it at the end of the year.
12: Corden. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the local restaurants called it quits for him. Don't forget. Remember, he got banned from Balthazar because he was Did, a little rough was, on the
4: staff. By the way, Jimmy's uh, show starts at noon. He's giving us some quality time prior. Uh, Fox. What are we calling it now?
12: Fox across America with. Jimmy Fallon.
4: Yeah, well, you should put that first.
12: No, you always say put my name in the title, but you understand. Like, when they launched this show, right. they weren't too
4: sure. They're like,
12: uh, I don't know how long this guy's going to last. they had always... with and they had it
4: blank. Yeah. And they just had, like, hangman. It's like a lot of people
12: others. don't say this, but, like, the institution of marriage, they don't really have a lot of faith in it. That's why they always say to you, take this man.
4: Right. They never specifically Whoever. named anything like this yeah.
12: guy, just, to, you know, just in case.
4: And now you got to pick a pronoun. Yeah, now you, <laughs> you got to <laughs> pick a you, they, Yeah, they or them. <laughs> so you were saying, uh, but I, I love talking about this because yeah. James Corden, to me, uh-huh. seems the most talented. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's singing, dancing, that karaoke thing. Yep, does yep, chore- But yet, I just see him go, yeah, I'm going to call it quits.
12: I think he's exhausted by the format. Because what happens is like a lot of those late night shows specifically are very samey. Like Tuesday night, we're in the car pretending to sing. Wednesday night, we're cracking a head over, uh, you know, an I go over each other's heads. I think he just outgrew the format. And, you know, he's probably made enough money.
4: But is he not a nice guy?
12: According to restaurant staff, no, because I've heard uh, that in multiple places. Really? Yes, and I – like, What's it's, the problem? You should be happy. you go. going to – Thank you. No, it kills me. I have survivor's guilt, you know, from being a cab driver. Right. When I get driven home from here, I am tipping these guys to the point that they think I'm romantically interested. Right. Like they think we have something. Right, and it's like yeah. I have to like give him a talk at the end. I'm like, I'm sorry, Frank. It's right. uh, it's like I got a wife and everything. But uh, I never understood that. But on some level, I think what happens is, you know, he's a big showbiz guy. He was doing movies too. He's so used to everything in the universe revolving around him that he probably just doesn't have patience. So I don't think that it's not that he's a bad guy. I just think he probably snaps too quickly because right. he's used to convenience.
4: So this story in particular, there's a lot of stories that come down the pike. And go here comes the election. Here yep, comes yep, yep, the midterm. Yep. All right. But to think that this story would turn the way it did and have all this information with a war that we're supporting, with a war that divides the country, beginning to divide the country more and more to begin with, and then to have a president stuck in Ireland on his own volition, the only country we don't have a problem with, he will not leave. This is the (laughs) longest trip. He's in the countryside today.
12: You know, And seriously, think about this. What they should be doing, given the condition Biden is in, is at this point he shouldn't be going overseas. They should be sending him to Epcot and telling him he's overseas. Might as well. You know what I mean? That way, at least he's around for the optics of it all. But you know what it tells me, Bri? When you think of, you know, we're kind of in like a code red moment on so many fronts domestically right now. The fact that they're willing to let him leave the country at a time like this tells me he's not really running this thing. It, it get, really get, creates the well, perception. Then,
4: but here's the problem is there's no Al Haig. I'm in yeah. control. right? <laughs> we, need uh, a, we need a
12: wartime consigliere right. like in the I Godfather. Mean, we don't have
4: one. I mean, if Bush 43 was out of town, yeah, Cheney's yeah. like, I got this. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, John Rumsfeld, you don't think could handle this? They'd step in. Yeah. I mean, you have the chief of staff, Andy Carr, who's like, no, no, I know how to run this thing. Yeah. So you do not have that experience. No, no. So I don't know who's there. And somebody was telling me. The other day is that for the longest time, like it or not, Ron Klein was in control. Yeah. This new guy hasn't taken control. But mm-hmm. I want you to hear this is a Democrat, Richie Torres from New York, mm-hmm. who you might have picked up in a cab one time. <laughs> Cut nine.
2: Look, it goes without saying that nothing is more critical to the security of our nation than protecting the confidentiality of our secrets. And I'm just concerned about the security failures. You know, how could a 21-year-old National Guardsman so easily access and leak massive amounts of, of classified intelligence. So there should be an investigation into what went wrong, and Congress should act decisively to put in place whatever safeguards are required.
4: He's trying to softly land the plane. Yeah. After they have to respond to the fact that Trump, that President Biden said, yeah, and it's not a big deal, it is yeah. a big deal, but nothing contemporaneous got out.
12: Yeah. Has ever anyone ever gotten together in this administration and coordinated messages? No. Ever. Right. Because everything is walked back to crisscrossed. But the bigger issue is, you know, he alludes to the point of you know, how could a twenty one year old kid get access to this? That does matter, but my bigger frustration is, how can we always ask these questions after the fact, right? Like shouldn't we be asking this? There's probably a multitude of fronts right now where something that's a "how could this type of thing be happening?" Be addressed on the front end. But it's always after a problem, number one. Number two, I think obviously they want that problem because the response to this is we have to monitor chat rooms more closely, which will give them more domestic spying capability on the rest of us. But I think the other thing, and this is the bigger issue for me, is we're going to put so much effort, and I'm seeing it in the media already, into profiling this, Jack, to share a fella and his friends. But how about the specifics of what's in these documents? I know. Because they don't read well, uh, not, not from our enemies or our allies. You know, Egypt's supposed to kind of be our pal, No. And right. they're you know moving some decent product from and, what I read, and China
4: that was <laughs> real. That China and General Jack Keane gave us credit for that. Yep. gave this administration credit. Because he said when he found out that China was considering giving lethal aid, we came out and said it. Yeah. Last time we said Russia's going to invade, we thought that would scare him away. They invaded. Yeah. So that didn't really work. Yeah. It's like oh, well, all... this one hopefully will. We'll uh-huh. see. But China, Michael, what are you going to do about it? We're on the deck of the Titanic arguing about a guy
12: who cheated in shuffleboard. Right. I'm like, I think we got bigger problems on the boat. I'm not going to lie. Right.
4: <laughs> um, I want you to hear when you talk about people that should be held accountable. This is what Dan Hoffman said. And I'm name dropping. Yep, he, <laughs> right? he would never do your show. Right. <laughs> he would never. I did no, he deserves better. Why wouldn't you book him? I mean, we, we might. Because you're afraid of being rejected. No, maybe he
12: says yes. I could throw your name around. You'd be surprised when I get on that show.
4: Really? You, throw, you have permission to throw my name like, around? You
12: know, Brian asked if you could do him a favor and That's come okay. on my show. Yeah.
4: Cut 13.
2: So I think, actually, the person who's going to find herself on the hot seat is the director of national intelligence, Avril Haines. And remember, she was deputy director, CIA, deputy national security advisor in the Obama administration. When we had those... Uh, serious scandals, Snowden and Manning, and the question I think that will be asked of her when she testifies next is whether she did a zero based review of how we 're protecting ever. our secrets, and did no. we button down the hatches
12: the old adage defense w- wins championships has never been spoken in this administration right What will be spoken is we 'll find out this was caused by like climate change they 've been like exactly. yeah, ever since the emissions went up, people started leaking documents it 's like it 's so hard to take them serious about anything. Because nothing happens with this administration that isn't somehow co-signed to their agenda. You know, you'll hear like, oh, well, equity, requirement. I mean, it, I know you would think this shouldn't apply here, but it's going to well, apply here.
4: I mean, here's an example to build on your point. The yeah. chips bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you are a company that accepts our money and brings mm-hmm. manufacturing home, you'll be forced to give family leave. Yeah. So, oh, excuse me, what? Family leave. Yeah, family, family leave. Yeah, and then we got to make sure you have equity in your hiring and your management if this company is going to get the grant yep. that is our money to give to so, wait a second. You're shaping yeah. the look of a uh, of a chips manufacturer who you quickly have to get online in order for our own national security. They do this with everything.
12: Look at the EV thing. Yeah, we're just looking out for the little guy. So, right. uh, go buy a $62,000 car, little guy.
4: Well, let me ask you something. <laughs> uh, my, the, one of the few people that are very impressed with this administration is the guy, Michael Reagan. At least he, he gets, showed yeah. up. Mm-hmm. He shows up makes the announcement in the Rose Garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you wait for the president to come back? No. I mean, do you have to quickly? <laughs> what, what do you? Who's Who's making these rules? All but, of a sudden, he's taking questions. The president's over there, like, yeah, I'm not really. I had to tell. I have to talk to the Irish children.
12: Yeah, like, so I'm one of those guys. You know, I grew up in the in the '80s Reagan presidency, Levittown. You know, post World War II GIs returning home from the war, very patriotic. I root for the country, doesn't matter who the president is. It's like I didn't like Roger Clemens growing up, but he got traded to the Yankees. Guess who rooted for Roger Clemens?
4: But were you cheering for him when he wasn't?
12: Uh, no, not at all. you
4: know, it's not going to work.
12: No, it is going to work because I didn't quit the Yankees because they got Roger Clemens. I continued oh, oh, the route oh, for the, for the Yan- that quitting. Of you course, that's what credit. I mean. But I don't quit America because Biden's president. But the reality is when I'm looking at the moment we happen to inhabit right now, this, is, this whole presidency, Bri, is like it's like an iTunes user agreement. What I mean by that is they're just telling Biden to scroll to the bottom and click, I agree, to whatever they've put onto the table that day. You don't get the feeling he's in charge. I know we say that. But it's it's kind of borne out by moments like this, where Reagan goes to the Rose Garden and is speaking. There were so many people speaking where the president traditionally would speak, and that's the tell to me. Right. Even there's no you know foreign press conference overseas. Even the White House, you know, the press pool. Like, why are they there? He's so, a, they're, they're there to do
4: what? So I remember the story with Steven Spielberg. I don't know if it's true or not. He uh-huh. just walked onto uh, he walked onto the Universal campus mm-hmm. and just set up a shop. He had no business being there and started mm-hmm. taking pictures. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, in a way, you could walk in the White House, just call a press cop. <laughs> you know, president uh, here. You know, Jimmy Fallon, uh, president <laughs> of entertainment, fashion, you know, and, uh, I, and um, Middle I, East.
12: I used to think a guy with my bi- background could never get in. But if, if Hunter's walking around the White House, right come on. At. I mean, I'm great. Hey,
4: Hello, the Sanders. Put it this to when Hunter's over there asking yeah. the secrets of success, the Irish kids are asking Hunter what the secrets of success is. <laughs> I think they're scraping <laughs> the bottle. They literally asked him that. I so, at that. So uh, the other big story that you're trying to avoid, and I don't like it that Mm. you're trying to avoid, is baseball has picked up to such a pace that it's uh, cut a half hour out. Mm. Now, if you sell beer for a living Mm -hmm. and you stop selling beer in the seventh inning, you're losing money. So some stadiums are deciding to continue to sell beer into the eighth, ninth inning. Here is the Phillies' Matt Strom He's upset by this.
5: The reason we stopped it in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe, correct? Correct, yes. So now with a faster-paced game and me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning to give our fans time to sober up and drive home? Instead, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting our fans and our family at risk driving home with people who have just drank beers. Twenty
12: two minutes ago. Heart in the right place, uh wallet and head in the wrong place. The reason they have a high, you know, average annual salary in major league baseball of like three and a half million dollars a year is because guys like you and me pay twenty two fifty a beer in the seventh inning and the eighth inning. Right. He's right on the time technicality. He he would technically be correct, but the revenue they would lose out by speeding up the game. The whole point of speeding up the game was to increase revenue, meaning get more engagement from a younger audience that needed a faster-paced right. sport to tune into. But in the
4: short term, you've got to lose some sales.
12: Yeah. I mean, now, two things, though. When he says, you know, some of these teams, you know, cut beer sales to give the fans time to sober up, it's not always true. Like the Milwaukee Brewers, okay, they had only cut beer in the seventh because their fans had usually moved on to stronger stuff than alcohol by then. <laughs> <laughs> like, Have you done that study? <laughs> no, the beer, yeah, like, beer ain't going to do it anymore. What else you got up there? You know what I mean? But uh, I, listen, I appreciate the guy expressing true concern for the fans because,
4: you know, Major League Baseball isn't really doing that. You know. Now, one of the things about you that I thought was very interesting, you were one of the few people who thought it was a good move to have Dylan Mulvaney uh, on the Bud Light can. <laughs> and I said, you. Jimmy, are you sure? Good for you. And, and so, Jimmy, so, <laughs> so this has really worked out for Budweiser. Down uh, but by, Bud Light.
12: You, know, you know who really did make out like a bandit, though, was the girl who did this because they can't fire her. Because it, even though she's cost them $6 billion I never in thought cap, about that. Yeah, they can't fire her because so then it was just look some transphobic.
4: Just some marketing person thought,
12: I have a good idea. She, no, she thought she had a good move because she thought she was insulated against it. I don't doubt that she thought it might work. Clearly wrong there. But she's insulated against getting fired if for no other reason than it makes the company now look transphobic. A right. lot of this is a front-end shakedown.
4: Well, for one thing, the odds are stacked against her because she's a woman, and yep. it's still a man's world. Yeah. But number then, <laughs> two is then she goes out of her way. Uh-huh. She might even be she might even be white. Can you imagine?
12: Yeah. But think about this: everybody yelling at you about the gender pay gap. Dylan Mulvaney's been a woman for like an hour. He's got ten million in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that study holds up anymore.
4: Yeah, we kind of blew it. The only thing Dylan's done to alter anything mm-hmm. is facial work.
12: Yep. Right. And yeah, so there's, so there's that going on. And the other thing is, and this is the part I think is so stupid, because they gave him the can to, to what? Commemorate one year of womanhood. Yeah. I said this to Hannity last night. I'm like, so Bud Light, you're giving beer to a one-year-old
4: girl. <laughs> I'm like, How is this okay? But, but I thought Will Kane, and I have to give proper analysis. Mm-hmm. Will Kane analyzes. He goes, the thing that's bothering me most is she's pretending to be a little girl. Yeah. She's acting. A six, yeah, she yeah. does a six-year-old thing. But instead of saying, hey, I want to be eyes. a woman. like, Caitlyn Jenner didn't and, pretend to be a teenager. No. And make no mistake about this, okay? And I know this from
12: being in showbiz, a guy who's worked his way up through stand-up and everything else. Every We all know Dylan Mulvaney. We know a version of Dylan Mulvaney. What I mean by that, Brian, is a person that went to every audition known to man and was willing to do anything to gain the relevance that Dylan Mulvaney has gained. Dylan was on D- – Dylan, on the Dylan side of this, was on Ellen. Okay, he was on The Price is Right. He was in the traveling version of the Book of Mormon. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and had and Drew Barrymore. And had literally auditioned for everything, every open call, the opening of an envelope. Dylan Mulvaney was there. So understand well, some— So
4: Dylan Mulvaney was famous before? So-
12: not famous, but as a man, was trying like heck to become famous, was auditioning for every open call on earth. And then uh, probably about a year and a half ago— dawned on him her as the relevance of TikTok was growing and influencers were gaining more clout you know what would really get me some heat on Instagram is not being a goofy guy but what if i just did this in a dress it's trendy and that's really what this is and we don't begrudge him, her, their right to do it. That's not the issue here. People are not backlashing against transgenderism when it comes to Bud Light. They're backlashing against beer is the one thing we had left that didn't involve any
4: of this. Right, and you would think they'd be afraid it to was, do something you're like a this. Sca-
12: well, They should be, but that's why they're losing the money and they should lose the money. She trashed the audience.
4: Right. What, what is the number, Allison? Do you know, is it $5.8 billion they lost in market cap? Because I, the way I throw well, the money of a billion and millions But you in, have
12: to count the empties. When you count the empty cans. <laughs> it's five cents a can. So that it, Could
4: you count the empties, Allison? <laughs> I mean, please, before we come up with this other. Listen, when we come back, we'll find out what a loser Bud Light is, but specifically how much they lost. And will Jimmy ever drink beer again as a protest? <laughs> we'll find out. Don't say it. Don't say it. Okay. Back in the morning.
3: This weekend, check out Brian's new show on Fox News Channel.
12: His new Saturday show lets him ruin your weekends, too.
3: Take it easy, Gutfeld. That really hurts. One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. More of Brian coming up. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show.
0: So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go. Lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. Lick the world. Lick the world. Lick the world.
4: So Jimmy's here. Jimmy's get to set to do his show. Jimmy uh, failure. Jimmy's going to be at Bananas in Rutherford on the twenty first and twenty second, uh, Rutherford, uh, New Jersey. Yes, right? different. I want to make sure they go to the right Rutherford. Uh, <laughs> Reading in Pennsylvania on May sixth. Clearwater, Florida on May 20th, Davenport, Iowa on the 6th of June. Excuse on the 3rd of June. Saturday the night, of baby. June. Now, what, what if we want to see you with Kennedy?
12: So Kennedy and I, the Last in Liberty Tour, that's what starts in May. That's Reading, Pennsylvania, May 6th. Right. Oh, 20th. okay. So
4: you didn't put her on there?
12: Yeah, I just, well, I just gave you dates. They I'm sure she wouldn't
4: have had to put you on if she was on.
12: No, no, she's pretty low maintenance. She's not you, Kilmeade. Right. One of the reasons I'm touring with Kennedy instead of me. You're the bigger she's diva. Brian. I don't think there's any question about probably it. the biggest. It's either
4: <laughs> it's either me or John Scott.
12: Well, they call they? behind the scenes. They call Brian Diana Ross. A lot of people don't know that.
4: And what was what's bad about Diana Ross? She's great. I love the surprise. Oh, okay.
12: A lot to deal with though.
4: Uh, but what we were just learning about this was a disastrous. It's so This bad, was disastrous, man. right? It's, every,
12: cause it's every, every event, every time they stuck a microphone near him, something weird happened. We're going to go lick the world. Ah, then you had that moment where the guy asked him what the key to success was. He didn't know the answer, so Hunter stepped in. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he asked you about success. And he goes, well, we got to make sure nobody here has COVID. And they're like, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> uh... There's an old movie called Hot Shots where they have this fading general. He's played by Lloyd Bridges. And they're like, how are you, general? And he's like, Hawaii? Shoot, I'm supposed to be in Oklahoma. That's our president. That's not good.
4: Well, the worst was Fetterman. Yeah. When he said, hello and good night, everybody.
12: Yeah. Good night. And he won. Listen, we have to. We cannot pass judgment on Fetterman until we see what type of senator his wife turns out to be. Right. You're Everything. right. For that all was, we know, she's the best senator ever.
4: So who can we expect in your radio show? Oh,
12: today's a banger. Okay, so there's a couple of things going on. Battle and Bill Hemmer is in the house. Batting lead off. Co-host of America's Newsroom. Uh, Charles McBee, who is the head writer for Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God, wow. over on Comedy Central. And then our Friday headliners always play playground politics with
4: 14-year-old Lincoln Phelan. Your son comes on. He comes on. He closes the show. And, and does your mom
12: allow that? Well, I'm going to lose custody someday if Jenny ever bails. Right. Okay. Your Honor, he you had him on the radio. He took him to Reno. It doesn't
4: end good. Jenny, it's great to see you. The best. How many other shows are you going to be on today?
12: Woo! Today I'll be on Waters World a little bit later on in the day. And uh, you'll see me on Dagan and uh, Sean Duffy. Let's go.
10: Perfect.